Hey everybody, welcome to GST Friday. I'm your host, Dean Sage. We've got some great topics coming up today. We're going to be talking about Zac Efron and his ever-expanding muscles. Uh, we're going to talk about, do I look gay? Do I sound gay? How do you act gay? I mean, I'm going to get a primer here because I've got two amazing co-hosts with me today. Uh, the first of which you are familiar with because he was here a couple of weeks ago, and that's Mr. Chris Crocker. Chris, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up? How you doing? See, he's going to do this to me. He's going to try to get me to crack up again. Um, this this whole straight voice, we got we to gotta talk about that. But uh, if you can keep it going for the next five minutes, I'll be quite impressed. Uh, but in case someone's unfamiliar with you, they've never heard of you, they've never been on the internet before, uh, tell us just quickly, who are you, what do you do, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, basically, um, a lot of people know me <laughs> from uh, the Lee Britney Alone video. And so um, basically, I'm a, I'm a vlogger and stuff like that. So um you know, I do music on the side and stuff too. So you know what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, oh no. <laughs> yes, and uh, and as yeah. you can hear, my other my other co-host uh, is having even worse of a time with keeping a straight face. Uh, uh, I don't even think giggly. he's had a straight face. I'm I'm all kind of the gigglies. I was gonna say I don't think you've ever had a straight face in your life. Uh, so welcome back to Mr. Brendan John Brendan. Uh, same thing for you. Give us a quick rundown. Like, who are you, and and why might we have seen you in and such. I'm Brendan John. I do the YouTubes and the singings, and I do some modeling stuff sometimes and help Dean with some stuff other times. Some Ooh. stuff. We're going to put that in quotes. That was quite okay. elusive. Now, that, okay, like helping him with Mickey Taylor's music video, helping him with like photography stuff. So, you know what? Don't take it there. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, actually, I just I just finished listening to last week's podcast, and um, there were definitely some innuendo in there. So I, I think that's our fault. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of who we are. So, uh, But I have, two, I have two vloggers, two singers, two musicians, you know, two, two personalities, and this is really exciting. Um, now, Chris, you actually got a chance to tune in to Brendan's Periscope that we did the other day, and I think you might have broken the hearts button. Do you... <laughs> Yeah, Do I was you even know how many times you pressed it. Yeah, I was hitting tap tap on that stuff. So um, <laughs> I definitely enjoyed that singing. So um, yeah. Well, I it is it is a wonderful world, and and uh, it, I love how the technology is bringing us all together, and you know we can do stuff like from in the studio and broadcast it out there. Um, yeah, of course, uh, Chris, you actually use the Periscope and the Instagrams and the, and the Vines for other things. Uh, just like. Just quickly, how do you come up with what you do for all of the various things? Or is it just unplanned? You just roll? It's the same way. I'm back in my normal voice now. Okay. <laughs> it's the same way that um, I would just do like a song. It's the same. That's what really helps me with songwriting and videos because it's the same exact like setup. You just come up with a saying or something and you build mm -hmm. it around it. Like every single time I'm like, oh, like oh, okay, I just think of a phrase or something and then I just build it. So whether it's a song so or you're a kind video. So it's like jazz almost, like you're riffing on something. Yeah, it always starts with a saying for me. Or, I mean, other times I'm just completely like on the spot, you know, like improv. But, you know, I like to have a basis of what I'm going to say. Basically. Sure, sure. Brendan, when it comes to like your YouTube and stuff, when you actually do it, um, like what's your process? How do you get into it? Well, I quit YouTube last year, but um, oh, no, I was sorry. I was asking. I was asking Brendan. Oh, well, you know, not what? not everything is about. I Chris. think everything's about me, so I'm sorry. It's okay. Wait. So, what was the question? <laughs> so, so Brendan, uh, like, how do you get into like your YouTube videos when you do them? Um, well, most of the time I'm drunk. Uh, so that is true. That helps. Uh, usually, I drink a lot of caffeine if I'm not drunk, uh, and then I get very hyper. 
and I just start saying things, and then I look back while I'm editing, and I'm like, well, where the fuck did that come from? That's See, pretty much what happens. Now I really want to get the two of you, like, in the same physical space at the same time, and put, like, a bottle of, like, rum and a shot of espresso and just see it. We could, I we could do espresso, espresso martinis. Espresso I was martinis. Say, oh, yeah, I love anything coffee-related. So, but I'm not much of a drinker, surprisingly. So I'll just take the espresso. Okay. All right. Well, and then Brendan can like mix the two together, and and we'll get we'll get a, we'll get a thing. So, well, hopefully we've all had our coffee this morning because we have to talk about Zac Efron. Oh Lord. Um. Yes. Now, um. The, the, this has been quite the thing for him. I don't think he was actually one of like the teeny stars. That if, that I remember, I mean, not he more. was he he did the High School Musical stuff. Well, but I think he wasn't he in a, he was an adult. He was actually like over eighteen when that started, wasn't he? Maybe. Okay, we're, possibly, let's but he find was now. He was you know framed in that angle. I'm, I'm comparing him to like Taylor Lautner, who was like fourteen and already being sexualized. So, but anyway, he 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 was definitely like he he started off with, of course, the High School Musicals, and um, you know was playing playing young and playing down, and ever since then. He seems to just get progressively bigger and bigger and bigger until we get to the Baywatch movie. And I honestly was like, wait a minute, because like I see the guys that are in the industry that are trying to like bulk up and you can kind of tell when they're doing it too fast. Um, but it, this is, I don't know. It's just, it's gotten, it's gotten a little bit crazy. It's gotten a little bit out of hand. And then of course, uh, everyone's posting articles. We want the twink Zaka from back. Oh, I'm um, perfectly fine with the way he's looking right now. He can, he can do whatever and I'm perfectly okay with it. I drank my monster this morning and that's what he's given me. <laughs> um, I would just prefer that. I and mean, one thing I would like to note is that is he, isn't he playing like the, the David Hasselhoff character? I don't even know. I have that's been fully ignorant of it. That's what I heard. And if I thought so, Hasselhoff was in the movie, though, I think so. But he's kind of like angled as the new generation, like David Hasselhoff, from what I've been reading. Oh, okay. So he's gonna okay. He's so, gonna be the next one. And right. so my opinion is, you're really overachieving here because David Hasselhoff, from my memory, was not. You know, I mean, he was handsome, but it wasn't. Sh he wasn't shredded. So I'm like, what is the you know, the aspiration here to go above and beyond. Well, there's another interesting thing, of course, and that is that lifeguards are swimmers and swimmers usually don't end up looking like powerlifters. Uh, Brennan, you actually were a swimmer. Like, was there guys that big in the pool? Well, I was a swimmer in grade school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, so probably not then. That doesn't really, yeah. Uh, well, you have maintained your swimmer's perfection um, for some of your modeling gigs, I should say. But, okay, so this is actually, like, I my only thing with Zach is that I definitely don't want him to be, like, pumping up on the juices and things because that's just, no. That, that, that just leads to health Well, we problems. don't know that he's doing that, right? We don't it's know. Just... We, we don't know. So that my, I, 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 don't, I don't criticize, you know, there, there are lots of people that have different levels of what they're comfortable with. That's totally fine. Uh, just don't go on unnatural to reach it and also i think it is important to kind of accept what your body can be and what it cannot be but what i want to what i want to ask you guys and i'm gonna i'm gonna turn to chris first is how closely linked are the straight and gay body types like is it the same thing are they different things you know does a straight boy have a different level of sexy that he needs to reach it's kind of funny that you asked that because I was just hanging out with all my girlfriends and I, I hang out with my girlfriends and their husbands more than I hang out with, 
gay men. And But what I was like noting and observing in a non-judgmental way, but just straight men are more, um, and, and I would even venture to say that gay men, you know, the gay men that are really attracted to straight men because it's like that rush to win them over. I, I would Convert even venture, them or whatever. Right. I would even venture to say there's less pressure on a straight man to have like some huge body because I'm sitting here like these guys can literally just eat like a bag of chips and everyone's fawning. So it's it's kind of like that dad bod thing. I think it's like it's subconsciously more sexy that they kind of don't give a shit. At least because I'm in Tennessee. So here it's just kind of more redneck, southern. It's not really the straight men you see here are not like bro dudes lifting in the gym necessarily. Mm. It's okay. more like beer belly, kind of like they just got done working on a car and they're considered hot. But gay men definitely have that above and beyond mentality, in my opinion. Well, Brendan, give us the city perspective on this. Like, do you feel that, uh, the, the, the straight men in the city uh, have a different level of uh, sexiness that they need to keep up? Um, well, unlike Chris, I don't hang out with too many straight guys, but I would agree that they don't have to work as hard as like gay guys do to be considered sexy. So why are these movie stars doing it then? Why like why is the new male sexy? Is it to try to get the gay audience, or is it just a factor of like men being sexualized by movies? Because everything like women in Hollywood are. is about perfection, right? So the, their image of perfection is muscles. Oh, I was just okay. gonna say I don't think that's a gay or straight thing. I think that's a Hollywood thing. Do you do you uh, Chris? This do you think that the hyper masculinity that we kind of have in the culture right now, both gay and straight, is leading to some of these inflated body types as being the ideal at the moment? Um, well, you know, I can only speak for myself when um, I'm talking about <laughs> hyper masculinity. Um, you know, I think it's to each their own, and um, for me, I I'm definitely a bro dude, so I can't speak for everybody. But um, I don't know. You know, I just think that at the end of the day, people feel different pressures that are personal. I don't know all the time if it's a gay or straight or whatever thing. I just think some people just have that in their head that, like, I have to go above and beyond. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There are some straight guys that I know that are shredded and they work out all the time. But it's like a case-by-case -case thing, you know? Okay, no, I, that, that makes sense. Brendan, let me throw the last question on this subject over to you. Um, do you think that there are types anymore? Do you think that there's room for types? Like, is it, or is, does, you know, especially within the gay community, does everyone have to be Zac Efron? Does everyone have to be the, you know, big old muscled out? No, there's uh, still types because everyone likes different things. Like, not everyone is going to like a huge muscle jock. Some people will like skinny guys. Some people will like bigger guys. Some people will like taller, shorter. Like, there's no like one type for anyone. Okay, so we're not really we're not seeing like the you know the end of types. Like, no, not everything is being collapsed into like one thing. No, I mean I have noticed that most of the guys, though, at least in well, no, most of the guys that like go out to like clubs and bars and stuff tend to work out more. Then, well, I don't really know about the guys that don't go to the clubs or bars. So, well, do you really now do you do you think it's workout as in we're all getting more healthy and more cognizant of our fitness, or do you think it's workout? I got to get six pack of abs so I can put a dick in a butt. It could be both. I think it's the latter. Well, uh, speaking of putting dicks in butts, 
uh, we got to talk about Michael B. Jordan. Now, if you're not familiar with him, you should be because he's an amazing indie actor. Um, he happens to also be black. Uh, and because of that fact, there was a lot of criticism when he was cast as the new Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Four flop, which makes me very sad because I was really kind of happy that it might be good. Um, however, if you want to see him in a better role, watch Chronicle, which is what the director of Fantastic Four made before he made his flop. However, what was going on in this case is that um, there's a picture. And I mean, to be honest, it kind of looks like a prom picture to me. So maybe that's where this is coming from. But I think it was a joke. I honestly think this was a joke. But Michael's got his hand up on uh, another dude's head. And they're both kind of staring at the camera and a blank stare. Kind of in the way that I imagine Chris is doing his voice. Which head? (laughs) (laughs) Which head? Uh, See, that would explain the gay. (laughs) Yes. If it had been the other head, then this would have all made more sense. But but no, it was it was, it was at the top of literally top of the head. With there's just no way to say head now without coming across that way. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, noggin. It was on his noggin. Um, so Chris, I'm gonna, I got to go over to you. Um, I mean, I guess this is a very precarious world that we live in. But like, is hugging gay? Is is there a gay hug? Because if there is, I really need to know this stuff. I think so. I definitely think that there is a gay hug. Okay, how do you do it? And I and I definitely how feel, do you turn someone gay with a hug? I want to know. I just think that it's something that's in the air. It's like pollen, and um, <laughs> it's definitely in the air. In like you the, absorb it, or something? right? It's in a yeah. So it's um, I definitely believe in a gay hug. I don't think it's like you know a myth or anything. I definitely think that you can transmit homosexuality through a hug, um, and I think that's probably what's going on. So to, should we take volunteers to like go hug Republicans then, or is that just like? Oh well, I'm sure that all of them are gay anyway. Well, I would be that afraid that they would sue. You know, because that is that is true. Actually, I, I do know a fair number of escorts who. Um, well, let's just say that they go to Washington D.C. and they're not—they're not there to see Obama. Wait, I have to clarify that I was kidding because you know how people like to run with quotes and <laughs> they're going to be like, true. "Chris That's Crocker true. declares that gay is can infectious." Well, I mean, uh, sadly, if anybody's into sound bites, a podcast is not for them because, honey, we talk a lot on the podcast. It was a joke, so, people. It was yes, a joke. it was a joke, and my question was a joke, but actually. Um, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is a thing though. This is a thing where it's like male, male contact and uh, like Brendan, like, I mean, kind of, you know, run, run it down for us just a little bit, but like, you know, how do men show affection to each other without leading to dick in the butt? And I mean, even for gay men, like is all touch sexual? No, some, like if you're saying goodbye, a hug is just being like, Hey, just a hug. I love you as a friend. I'm gonna, we had a great time. I know like a lot of people think that like gay guys can't be friends or like. Which is true. Stuff, which is true. I don't think that's true. It's it's true. Okay. Well, I have like you and gay. me, have ju- we're just now meeting and we're not just friends. Like it's already escalating, you know, it's just not possible. Okay. Well, I guess I will be uh, taking a plane ride down there soon. So. <laughs> Well, honey, you, you drive to other oh, no. states. You can I just do drive to other states. You know what? Yeah. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm sorry. I just have to fuck with everyone's, you know, seriousness to, you know, bring the levity. So basically, I think the way that straight guys show affection, they always do that, like, 
um, it's like you have to know it. That kind of handshake that's like that, like sh- you're a bro dude, like you're initiated in the bro dude club handshake, and they like lean in for a hug that way. That's like the quintessential. Wait, wait, that's not a hug though. That's like a like a assertive domination slap or something. But like, they lean yeah, like in. They literally slap each other on the back. Yeah. Well, they lean in, but. Well, yeah, but they lean in to get leverage to do this, the smack. I mean, I, I honestly think it's like a matter of who can smack each other harder while they're gripping their hands tightly or something. Okay, now that sounds like a porn. I'm sorry, I do write them. Okay, but Chris, do gay men have more physical contact for their flirting and sexuality? Like, is gay sexuality more about the physical than, say, maybe someone else? Um... I wouldn't say it's necessarily more about the physical. I mean, I mind fuck people all the time and I have telepathic sex with all my gay friends. So it's like, um, I wouldn't say so. Okay. Brendan, what do you think? Do you, do you think that the gay men, uh, or gay, gay sexuality is more physical than others or about the same? I don't know whether to be serious or sarcastic now. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I think that gay people aren't as afraid as straight people to be like affectionate or like, touch really yeah well, let's well i i hear chris i actually hear chris i think where you're going with this is it depends on where you're from because right. there are definitely some gay men i know who are deathly afraid they're deathly affection. afraid my yeah my ex was like so scared to hold hand huh. so i guess it does depend and we were we were not necessarily talking i i didn't clarify whether we're talking about in public or in private um i was just wondering is there a serious side to this which is you know is the gay sexuality more touchy-feely in some ways. Why don't you um, just say, are we bigger whores, okay? Well, we are bigger whores. We already know that. Testosterone with testosterone. I mean, you know. That's true. For some reason, there is this preoccupation with being turned gay or sh- or, or or somehow, you know, men getting too close. And I I mean, uh, Chris, I'll kind of leave you with the last word on this, but, you know, is is it just homophobia? Is it just fear like where where is this sort of like you know we joked about it but where does this fear of you know touch turning into gayness coming from well i was gonna say you use the perfect word it is a preoccupation with it because for their minds to be on that whether it's a man giving another man a hug or or whatever that's a simple gesture like that i just think um i mean that's what those people's minds are on versus the people engaging in the hug i mean whether they're gay or sh- I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's a hug think, for is Jesus. It, is, it, is it like the guys who are so anti-gay that are usually the closeted gays? Is it that kind of thing where it's like, it's the people who are preoccupied with it are the ones that are having the feelings. Well, I'm always cautious. Doors? You know, I know it's like everyone's favorite thing to say is that the homophobic people are secretly gay. You know what I'm saying? That's like mm. our, our go-to thing. I'm always cautious of that, like growing up in the South, because there's a lot of, not that that's what you're trying to do. I'm just saying, I always try to like look at it pretty removed. I just think there's just a lot of, you, people are taught from the time they're born that, you know, don't do anything that looks gay. And, you know, it's just ingrained in us, which mm. I think goes mm-hmm. back to religious dogma and and stuff like that from our country, so... Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's an unfortunate thing. And, and of course, it, it does kind of preoccupy things. But what's interesting, and moving on to our last subject of the of the show, is that it's changing, uh, that definitely your age has a lot to do with how you view sexuality. In fact, uh, Pink News uh, put out a, a report on a scientific study. So this is actual a scientific finding um, that looked at Gen Z, which is everyone younger than Brendan, and then millennials, 
uh, which is actually, I, I get, there's different reports. I may or may not be one. Um, but I had a computer when I was four, so I guess I should count as one, even though it was like, you know, as a DOS. millennial. Yeah. Okay. Cause I always, yeah. I, I don't know why I always think they're like Miley Cyrus's generation. Well, they are, they, they're basically right now they're, they're people that are about 21 to about 30, 31, uh, maybe a little bit older. Okay. So apparently in the Gen Z, which is the, the youngers, the, the, the teeny boppers now, um, there are only 48% of them that are saying that they are totally straight. And that's compared to 65% of millennials. Um, what's also interesting is that a third of Gen Z is uh, uh, somewhere on the bi spectrum, whereas less than a quarter of millennials would make that same statement. Um, when even more interesting, and we'll get to this in a second, is that three fourths of the Gen Z believe that public spaces should be non binary in general. Uh, but let's, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of back up just a little bit. And Brendan, um, we'll, we'll kind of ask you, like, Obviously, you know, gay, straight, bi, these categories have existed for a long time. But like, have you ever actually stopped and said, do I really fit in these? Do you like, has that have been a thing for you at any time? Well, we've talked about it before um, mm-hmm. that I still, I consider myself gay because I see myself more in a relationship with a guy and enjoy doing stuff with guys a lot more. But like, I still find girls sexy. I still will make out with a girl. I actually always kind of wanted to like do something with a girl, but I would still consider myself gay. But can I ask a question to you, Brendan? Because yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know that I'm in the same, I'm born in 87, so we're, there's a little difference here. But I, I am curious <clears throat> in the same way that there's that whole, like, they always talk about, like, the Katy Perry, like, I kissed a girl kind of girl. Like, the girls that will just make out for fun, and it's just kind of fluid, but it's not, it would never lead in anything serious. And sometimes they say that's, you know, whatever, to turn guys on. But I'm interested in the gay guys that, because I've kissed a girl, but... I, I, I don't know that it would 100% lead into a relationship or whatever, but I'm interested in the gay guys that um, that I hear that a lot. Like, I'm still attracted to girls, and but I, I'm gay. So it's like this thing that I'm starting to see. Like, when you kiss a girl, would that, like, could it ever potentially lead into anything? Or is that you just, like... Well, I still get turned on by it. I still fully enjoy it. You get turned on by it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you could be bi. Yeah, but I don't really see myself being in a relationship with a girl. Like I actually used That's to That's the date part girls. I'm fascinated by. That's yeah. what I'm fascinated by. It's well, like here's, this is the trouble with the way that we define things is that we've been so focused on sexuality and what turns people on because that was the big differentiator that we forgot that there's a whole concept uh, a sphere of romanticism which also plays into Mm. it and so you get into some very interesting things when you introduce uh subjects like bisexuality pansexuality demisexuality you know the idea of being attracted to or being turned on by a variety of different things however romanticism does tend to be maybe still a little bit more binary for a lot of people so for me in particular i happen to be pansexual but homoromantic because like brendan um, I, I just don't see myself in a relationship with a woman. I don't see myself being able to form a romantic attachment. And that's really kind of the interesting thing. We talked about gay men being sluts, but you know the fact that you can kind of separate sexuality from romanticism mm-hmm. is an interesting thing. And it seems like a lot of the Gen Z and even the millennials in particular 
I've kind of come to the uh, understanding that there isn't like these separate categories that we have to fit everything into. Now, Chris, just, I mean, we've talked about the fact that you feel very gender fluid. Does you, does your sexuality feel just as fluid or is it more? Well, defined? this is, this is where I find myself like biting my tongue. Cause I just have so much to say on this topic. Cause I'm kind of the opposite. I could, uh, and I think the reason that we, focus on the sexuality versus that whether it's homo romantic or I've, I haven't heard that terminology before. I need to get more up on my game, but it's, I think the reason we focus on the sexuality part is because anytime we're referring to even gay couples in the, whether it's in politics or we always hear about sexuality or sexual preference or mm-hmm. it's the word sexual. So that's, I think where even I'm having to catch myself like, Oh, okay. So because for me, I've always said, like, there's women that I could literally, like, in my life, I have loved in a romantic way, but I could never physically go there. So I'm literally the the complete opposite with Brendan on that. So I think that's why it took me a minute. So you're very, you'd be very homosexual in that you really can only have sexual excitement with a man. Right. But from a romantic perspective, you can form very deep romantic connections with either gender. I think it's easier for me to be able to fall in love with a woman and want to nurture and take care. And like, just there's women that I have like really saw myself, like I could marry this lady. Um, Brendan, I actually want to go over to you for a second and pose that question, which is, you know, I, obviously, you use the word gay for yourself and all your peer group does. But do you got, do you think that you and, and the other millennials mean the same thing by it? Like when you say gay, do you mean it in the way of exclusionary or do you just mean it as it's an easy way to talk about the fact that you want a dick in your butt? Uh, probably easy way to talk about the fact that I want a dick in my butt. Sorry, I'm also in my house and I'm like, I need to say that slightly quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you already swallow the word dick every time you say it, as they will have heard last week. Did you ever have, like, the coming out experience? Was that part of your journey? Yeah. um, Like, I came out on the phone to my friend Erica back in my sophomore year of high school. Um, But, you know, came out as bi, because at that point, I was actually seeing Erica. After maybe five or six months, I came out as gay to my parents and then my dad's response was literally if you're gay why is your room a mess (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that's actually a pretty good response all things considered well chris let me come over to you um for the our last little point here which is that three quarters of gen z um, believes in non-binary spaces, that public spaces should be non-binary. And we see this, I sorry, I'm swallowing that word, non-binary. But what we see this in is like bathrooms and uh, gender binaryism when it comes to uh, you know laws being passed about the sex or gender recorded on your birth certificate. So Chris, what I want to ask you is, having experienced you know gender fluidity, um, you know, what do you think the future is going to look like? And do you think that binary still has a place or do you think that we should, you know, move along with the flow and, and just sort of stop having these distinctions? I definitely think we need to just move along with the flow because I can tell you, like, I know I like to joke and stuff on here, but my life was literally a living hell specifically because just going to the airport, like, and having to, to be frank, 
a hold a whole tank in because I don't want to. I would literally walk into, and I hate that I'm overusing literally, but I would walk into the bathroom and I would walk in the men's and they would be stopped upon going in and they would, oh my God, you're in the wrong bathroom. And then, of course, if I tried to go in the women's, I would be clocked. So it was just like, I felt like an alien and all I'm trying to do is take a simple piss. So I'm I'm really passionate about the bathroom situation because I just I think it it sounds like just something simple to people but it's really not when you can't do something as simple as go to the restroom. It's really really important. And so I'm I just hope just as far as that goes that's the first step because people need to be able to just use the restroom, you know. So I, I definitely think that um and as far as you know we've been seeing these news news articles about like how Target no longer has the boys or girls uh, kids section. It's just all toys. Um, and upon going to Walmart last night, they have not changed that. It still says boys and girls. And I remember as a kid, my grandmother would feel so much shame because I would go in the Barbie aisle. And so I don't know. I'm hoping that the future just looks like a place where people don't have to feel that social anxiety of doing simple things, whether it's shopping for something you like, taking a piss or shit. I mean, it sounds silly, but those things are important to just have a, a slice of sanity in life. I agree with everything that he said. Uh, like, even at my work, we don't have women's or men's room. We have two bathrooms that are for both genders. And um, we actually have customers sometimes that will actually come in and be like, you know what? We you guys need to go back to the old way that it was like a women's room and a men's room. And even my manager will be like, nope, that's not happening. Um, and I didn't have quite the same thing as Chris growing up. My parents would actually let me choose any toy that I wanted. Like I had a dollhouse, but I also had Hot Wheels. I had a Barbie doll, but I also had my Buzz Lightyear doll. Like it was, I kind of had... 50-50 on the toy spectrum of what would be considered boys and what would be considered girls. So I'm kind of actually happy that Target did that whole thing. There, there's there's not a really a joke that we can tell about this, although we do need to bring levity to the situation in that you know, literally people are freaking out over colors, both of which are pastels, by the way, and honey, those are gay. So just, you know, keep that in mind. Um, but no, I mean, this. The, yeah, you guys have both brought up really great points. And the what the survey is finding and what we're seeing is that the future is going to be sort of a non-binary space. And that scares a lot of people because we like our categories, but we kind of need to get over it too, because like Chris pointed out, you know, it's, it's the idea of public shame over expressing yourself. That should never happen. Mm -mm, no, I mean, I, and I, I'll just throw in my, my own experience. Like my sister had the Barbies. They were never my Barbies. Uh, but I would definitely take over and control the fashion and the uh, lineup and we would have, you know, all the shows and I would comb all the Barbie's hair and then I would do my sister's hair. Um, <laughs> but of course it was okay. Cause I was babysitting, you know, it had its, right. it had its category. Right. So it was, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I would read the American girls books to her. So, well, it's you know. like, why wouldn't, I mean, you know, that aside, like, you know, but in all seriousness, but also Joe, it's like, why wouldn't a kid of any spectrum like a Barbie? They're more fun than a car. They have hair. You can dress it up. It's like, it's just more fun. Like, I don't know. 
It's cute. It's well, yeah. I think you know we we have to begin to laugh at the silliness and stupidity of the ingrained structures because that's one of the only ways that we're going to relieve them of their power. You have to first make fun of them, and then we have to you know take the take the things and and, and change them. So. Yeah, right. Well, I want to thank both of my co-hosts for talking with us today. And you're not uh, welcome. If... <laughs> to hell with no, this. No. I'm done uh, with this. I'm walking out. Goodbye. And I was just about to say that I think their chemistry is really good, and I sure would like to have them come back sometime and talk about music, uh, as they both are very much into music, um, and maybe make that a special of some kind. So I'll I'll put that out there. And if you guys want to see Brendan and Chris do something like that, just uh, tweet us at GaySexCast or at Dean Sage Media. Uh, let us know what you think about that, and maybe what you'd like to hear them talk about, uh, being as they're both into producing the musics and such. Um, now, uh, Chris, let us know where we can find you on the the, the universe of internets and what we should uh, look forward to from you. Um, all you have to do is just log on to any computer in the world and go to Google, type in Chris Crocker, and have fun, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, my Facebook is... My Facebook is facebook.com slash Chris Crocker official. Twitter is just Chris Crocker and so forth. You know. Okay. Okay. I kind and, of almost uh, wish that you would have done that in your straight voice and have fun, sweetheart. Um, You can find me on any <laughs> computer, any internet database in the entire world. Just type in Chris Crocker. Enjoy. I'm appeased. Do we have anything that we're going to be looking forward to from you? Are there any new releases or, or upcoming releases? I'm working on a quote-unquote secret project that I will be going away to do in the summer, which everyone will know about by then. But in the meantime, we're finishing up the second album right now. So there's 37 songs that we have done. So we're just figuring out literally like the track list at this moment. So the second album's coming. Excellent. Excellent. We'll stay tuned to that. Now, uh, Brendan, what's your uh, social media contacts and what should we look forward to from you? All of it is the Brendan John for Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, all the fun things. I am putting out a cover video of Nightingale by Demi Lovato very, very, very soon. And then uh, I will also be putting out a cover video of Influence by Tove Lowe. And then I'm working on some music that will be out this summer. Excellent, Ooh. excellent. And we will probably have uh, Brendan back on the Periscopes. So if you want to check out his feed and my feed uh, when we're working in the studio, we'll, we'll definitely try to give you some more exclusive fun picks. Um, so thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we hope that you uh, had some laughs. And we hope that you also learned some things today. And from everyone here at GSCA Friday, we'll say have a great weekend.